football frenzy. The football frenzy on Cofield and Company. 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 Three o'clock hours here. It is a Monday Halloween. Halloween. Come on down. Twin Peaks. Leather and lace. All the ladies are dressed up in costumes. Willie Ramirez is here. Mateo's helping out. It's Cofield back in the Finley Toyota Studios. Is Ari. Uh, in the 4 o'clock hour, we got to talk about some costumes, some sports-related costumes. So I just sent out a tweet. If you got any pictures, what's the best sports-related costume you saw over the weekend or you've seen so far today? I'm curious. People are very creative. I forget about certain sports moments, and they're brought back to life on October 31st many times, many times. So there could be some, some crazy stuff coming. Give me a little crunch, crunch. So, Willie, I was saying earlier in the show, it's early, but I'm going to get to that in about eight minutes, okay? I'm going to finish that up, I promise. Yes, sir. Wow. Some rivalries mean a lot. Others lead to potential criminal behavior. Did you see the brawl with Michigan State? Like, just whooping up on a couple of Michigan players? In the tunnel, Harbaugh followed it up today by saying he would be shocked and disappointed if charges aren't brought against the Michigan State players. There's at least four that have been named and a claim that there was a fifth. Apparently, there's video cameras all over the place that could pick up all that went down. That was nuts. No, they should not be charged and they shouldn't be suspended. They should just keep getting to play like Alvin Kamara. How about that? Well, we're gonna we're gonna get to that one. How about uh, that? Do you want to deliver the line? <laughs> no. I'll let you. That, that first Camara beat the snot out of someone here in Vegas, and then a few months later, just straight beat the out snot out of the Raiders. Straight out beat the snot out of the Raiders. Yeah. I said, "Do you want to deliver the line?" And he's like, so, "No." And then he delivers it. <laughs> what did James say in the program? It was too obvious. I want to see snot bubbles. Is yeah. that what it was? Yeah. <laughs> So what do you think will happen here? Michigan State, I mean, I, well, they've, I, think they're, I think they could bring charges. I mean, helmets were flying. It was, yeah. you know, oftentimes five, six, seven on one. Weird deal. I don't know how they got all mixed up going out, but Michigan State did not handle the adversity, uh, adversity very well. And it's already been a terrible year by the standard set, by Mel Tucker and all the NIL stuff. I mean, they're three and five now, and for your players to behave like that. And, you know, Jacoby Winman, good young man, he wasn't involved. But got to be around guys like that. That's terrible. It's it's disgusting, really, because I mean you you have I get it if you like if tempers are flaring, you get in a scuffle and you there's pushing and shove, but the extent of which these boil you know boil to is is bad, especially I don't want to say especially football, like as if it happened if it were to happen elsewhere. But, I mean, like hockey, they let you fight until you hit the ice and then they break it up. But when you have weapons in your hand like helmets, it's dangerous. I mean, it's bad enough where we're, you know, we're sitting here talking. I mean, the number one topic during the football season has been concussions. Now you're swinging helmets at guys. It's horrible. It's horrible. So, yeah, um, suspensions have been handed down. Now it's a matter of whether or not there is going to be charges and there should be criminal charges. Moment of honesty, if you were involved in that fight and you are on Michigan State right after the game, would you partake in the fight? Me? Yeah. No. When you were 19? 
I probably would have. I don't know if I would have swung a helmet, but I may have lost control. I don't like to lose, man. Sore loser. I've grown up a little bit, but and I'm not defending what they did. I mean, you got to be accountable. So well, if, that, if that were me and I was in that situation, yeah, but Steve, and I and I started, you know, six on wanting someone or swinging a helmet, I would just take my lumps, man. Got to move on. You screwed up. Okay, but I'm sitting here looking at unless there's more video. I'm, the video I'm looking at because I've read as much as I, I just, but I see one Michigan guy and like umpteen Michigan yeah, State guys. It's crazy. So yeah, if I was on Michigan, no, I wouldn't have because. I was never a guy that, you know, that you just jump in. It was always like, no, 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 no. You would hope you'd be level-headed enough to be the guy who's like, guys, stop. This is ridiculous. Or no, let one throw with the other. If, if, it, if it started with one, you know what I mean? It's just like one-on-one. On one, let's go. Let him throw. But not 17 versus one. Just a little Ron Burgundy, uh, Veronica Corningstone. Just back out. Let him go. Let him go. Yeah. Someone brings out the TV antenna. Throw the gloves down after the face-off. Let's go. You want to go? They look at one another. They go, you want to go at the puck? Okay. No, that didn't happen. So Harbaugh brought it strong today. He might today. go in segment three. Yeah, he, uh, he brought it strong today saying charges should be filed. Crunch, crunch. Why would anyone work for Auburn except for the fact that when you do get fired, the buyout is just life-changing money? Massive. Brian Harson is out. They gave him 21 games? 21 games. 9 and 12, 4 and 9 in the SEC. Uh, Gus Malzahn in 2020 got a buyout of $21.45 million. Harson will get $16 million. You realize in just about two years, Auburn will have paid out more money than the Big 12 just signed for on its TV deal per school each year. Like their TV deal is going to pay out about $32 million a year. That's for the entire athletic program. Kansas gets that from the Big 12. Cincinnati will get that. That's their new TV deal. Auburn just paid out 36, almost $37 million, or will have paid out $37 million to two coaches to walk. 37.2. We live in a sick society. The SEC for football is sick. 21 games for a coach? Come on. Why would anyone go there? That's the other thing. Like, a guy comes in there, they're probably not going to be good next year, whoever it is, and they're like, yeah, build build with me. And if I were a parent, I'd be like, with you? You're not going to last three years. No one does. Auburn sucks. I don't mean their football program sucks. I mean their boosters yeah, yeah, and their yeah, maturity yeah. and their patience sucks. sucks. And it's and that's the society we're living in when you're dealing with the program, programs, not just Auburn, but in reality, programs that demand immediate Brutal. Success. Have the money to just throw around, toss around. I wonder what happens if these not with these NILDs of these guys. If if all of a sudden kid gets you know, up, oh, they get a buyout too. I don't know. All to be seen, right? The NIL stuff is really weird on both sides. The player side, if they transfer, the coach. Think about if they this. They get fired. The school, you know, not living up to their promise that I'm going to play for a certain coach. You think about where we're at today, right? With I was listening to a podcast. You, you know, uh, Matt Barnes, Stephen Jackson, the All the Smoke podcast. Oh, yeah. I was listening to the uh, the one today uh, with Sabrina Ionescu. It wasn't today, but I was listening to it today. It's been a while back. I, I, I bounce around. Um, and they asked her about the NIL deals in college. And, and she goes, and, and they said, what do you think now? I mean, because she's so close right, to right being removed edge. from more. Yep. She goes, 
Um, I, I, I'm sick. I'm hurt. Are you kidding me? She knows the money she would have made. Oh yeah. She would have been. She could have probably gone into the WNBA as the highest paid at that time. You know, point is, is that college is such a big business, and the money that gets tossed around, that gets thrown around, that 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 they, that's being made off college athletics. And here you see it. You just said it. Pissing away thirty-seven million over two coaches that aren't there to a program. That how long ago were they, in the, hunt in the college football championship? Now, back to rebuilding mode. Get over to Twin Peaks in Henderson for Monday Night Football. Awesome food and drink specials. Plus, Cofield and Company's Willie Ramirez will have plenty of great prizes you can win. It's Monday Night Football at Twin Peaks in Henderson. Yeah, yeah, it's been a while since I had a game winner in OT, so it's always a nice feeling. And yeah, Stoney's such an enthusiastic guy, and he he brings so much to our group. You know, it's uh, I think it's unmeasurable. So I think he rubs off on the whole team, myself included. Now back to Cofield and Company live at Twin Peaks. Hey. Twin Peaks, Willie Ramirez, the host of the party. I don't know what he's doing to my right, dancing or something. This is Houdini. Halloween, Houdini on the way back. Nice job. Freaks come out at night. Freaks come back at night. Freaks do what at night? If they're freaks, they come out at all times. So did you, did you go into DJ mode there? You are about an hour and 45 minutes from giving away prizes for Monday Night Football and World Series game number three, if it happens. So I got sounds like too. real garbage weather in Philly. Real garbage weather. I got, I got bets late. So we got hockey on the East Coast. Washington is in Carolina. Will, why does that matter to us? Because VGK is going to be taking on the Caps tomorrow. They are, and they're coming off a win. And as I mentioned earlier, tied for the league lead in points, tied for the league lead in wins. And here in Vegas, the matchup with the Capitals still resonates from the inaugural season. So I thought, eh, let's bring on the best reporter from the Washington, D.C. area covering the Caps. From the Washington Post, Samantha Pell. She's on scene for the Carolina game. Uh, Samantha, how are you? I'm doing good. How about you guys? Oh, you know, we're hanging out here just uh, watching a little Monday. We're getting ready for Monday Night Football at the local, our Monday Night Watch party. But uh, we wanted to bring you on to talk some pucks. Love that. We'll definitely hear. We'll answer all the questions you guys have, hopefully, (laughs) about the Caps. (laughs) So I, it's funny because I, I do some sports betting writing, some preview. I went to go right up the Capitals tonight. I look at the line, and I'm like, this is ridiculous. There's no way. I get Carolina's an Eastern Conference favorite this year, but you do not give Ovi and the boys plus 160, plus 170. I start writing, and I'm thinking, holy smokes. I didn't realize that the mass unit had grown. T.J. Oshie now. This, this was before it was announced that he was out indefinitely. Fill us in. The Caps are banged up. Yes, T.J. Oshie and John Carlson left Saturday's win against Nashville in the first period. They both have lower body injuries, and for T.J. Oshie, he's out indefinitely, which is never a good thing to hear for any guy, but it's a lower body injury for T.J. He did not travel with the team to Carolina. He actually had to stay in Nashville on Saturday night, and John Carlson is actually day-to-day. He's out tonight against Carolina, and Obviously, that means we don't know if he's going to be in the lineup tomorrow night against Vegas, but it would surprise me uh, if he was also in. So we go into this season, as I mentioned, I mean, the Hurricanes were a team that, you know, from the Vegas standpoint, that was an Eastern Conference favorite. The Rangers were a pick by a lot of people. Florida had a great season last year. You look up, 
The Devils are leading the Metro. Boston's on top of the Atlantic. Ironically, Vegas is leading the Pacific with who? Bruce Cassidy. And who's leading the Central? <laughs> Dallas with Peter DeBoer. Uh, it's Halloween for sure. Jekyll and Hyde kind of NHL start to the season in your eyes? Yeah, it's kind of crazy to see so much parity uh, throughout the league and just seeing what teams are kind of going on their runs. I mean, the Flyers, right, to start the yeah. season with Tortorella. Yeah. I think everyone's a little shocked about what's happening there. And, you know, I think overall it's been one of those seasons where it's been so up and down. And even when we look at just the Capitals in particular, it was 0-2 to start. They kind of find their footing, yeah. and then they reach, you know, 500. They go to Nashville, Dallas, kind of getting the pieces together in Nashville, but losing a lot of guys. So, really, it's been all over the place, and it's been hard to kind of predict what this Capitals team is going to be, not only because of the injuries, but just because of the Metro in general. I, You know, and some of the teams that are up there, I, I don't know how much of it is a surprise as much as it is just the record and the domination, but I think the two biggest surprises in the entire NHL have to be out of the Atlantic. Correct me if I'm wrong, but, I mean, Buffalo 5-3-0, and and they mm-hmm. always have these starts, right? And then the fans are like, ah, we know what our Sabres are going to do. And then the Red Wings <laughs> right behind them. Yeah, I mean, the Cavs played the Red Wings earlier in the year, and um, I think it was in the preseason, but... I think overall it's Detroit. I mean, they have a good team. They have a good squad. They have all the pieces together. They play the right brand of hockey. They play the right way. It'll be really interesting to me to see how they can kind of carry that on throughout the year. And then you're right with Buffalo. Uh, I think it is one of those teams where, okay, is this group for real? Uh, Can they actually put it together? Because we have seen those really good starts and the spurts from them. And I think we saw some flashes at the end of the year last year. Everyone said the Sabres were a really fun team to watch. And, I mean, I think we're seeing that again to start the year this year. Speaking to Washington Capitals beat reporter Samantha Pell from the Washington Post, joining us on Cofield and Company, ESPN Las Vegas. So you speak, I mean, Buffalo in reality, um, yes, there are those expectations of a letdown after they have that start, but Alex Tuck has been playing phenomenal, obviously the recipient for Vegas receiving Jack Eichel. Um, Let's talk a little bit about Vegas. They'll be out there tomorrow. Um, You... As, as an Eastern Conference writer, had a chance to see more of Boston and Cassidy and the Sabres mm-hmm. and, and, and Jack Eichel than we did. Um, are you from afar surprised at all? Or um, it, from, from, where, from your vantage point, I know you're obviously focused on the Capitals, but Vegas, 8-2, and two, and it, I mean a lot say that it, they're healthy. The goaltending mm-hmm. issues is clearly a, a bit of a surprise to many. Your thoughts on Vegas? Yeah, I was going to say, I think the goaltending was the biggest part for me that kind of took me by surprise. I think obviously with a lot of teams, like goaltending is going to make it or break it, and it seems like Vegas has kind of put it together this season, but you're right in seeing Bruce Cassidy and seeing him coach Boston all these years and now coming to Vegas. I mean, he's a great coach. He knows how to put it together. Um, he knows kind of what his team can and can't do and the execution behind that. So I think once guys buy in, this is kind of the result that you're seeing. So, again, I don't watch Vegas, obviously, a lot since I'm on the East Coast now, but I am assuming that, you know, Bruce Cassidy is continuing to do everything he did when he was out on the East Coast, and it'll be really interesting to kind of see their progression and how they match up as we, you know, hit game 40, 50, 60. Uh, and, and in your covering from the East Coast, I mean, you do a fantastic job and you have a handle on what's going on league-wide. And I'm curious your take just, you know, and I may have asked you this when you came on before, you know, just mm-hmm. Vegas' influence on the league. But, 
You've seen them since they got here. They, you know, I mean, this is this is their sixth year, and they've not only made the full circle in terms of like being that popular team when they first got here and the darlings off the October one shooting, but now with the controversial stuff that's that's followed them mm-hmm. in terms of goalie controversy with with Flurry. Um, how have you? I mean, your perception of the 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 league as a business right now. In mm-hmm. in its popularity standpoint, I mean it it's widespread, right? It's it's broadcasting on ESPN everywhere you look up. Um, hockey's place in the four majors in your eyes, mm-hmm. and what Vegas has done to you know sort of lend lend to that. Yeah, I mean I think whenever we go to Vegas, it's always a show, right? That's kind of the biggest thing that you kind of get from players and coaches and fans if you go to Vegas for the experience and you know seeing the hockey team play and how they play and their kind of brand of hockey i think has really grown the game a lot and then i think obviously a lot of people now will say the growth of seattle um and pacific northwest also kind of adds to that and now you have two more teams on the west coast that adds more kind of hockey hockey fans hockey viewers but i do think players love to go to vegas when i i mean the all-star game in vegas i think was fantastic all the guys i talked to were very happy and excited to maybe want to go back there in the future for an event so i think league-wide i do think yes there are a lot of the controversies that come with the golden knights but overall i still think for hockey fans they enjoy it and they like the product samantha hey we appreciate it thank you so much especially on a game night thanks for your time yeah absolutely thanks guys there she is samantha pell wapo washington post covering the capitals that's an interesting situation in washington like you said, we have you know close ties because you know maybe a little bitterness. Uh, the Caps came in, you know, won the Stanley Cup in a year. Who you know the Misfits? Who thought they'd win the Stanley Cup? But they were close. Yeah. Capitals get it done. They decide to let Barry Trotz walk, and since then they've now had two coaches. Laviolette's the coach now, and they've lost four straight years in the first round. Yep. It's, and there's got to be some Capitals fans who are like, uh, Ovechkin's getting long in the tooth. Did we just piss away the back end of his prime? Because of you know some infantile battle between the front office and Trotz, and you saw what Trotz did with the Islanders, right? And 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 sort of raised their stock a little bit, and now he's out there, and now he's sitting around. He's a free agent, just sort sort of licking his chops, maybe waiting for the first first name to drop. Because there's always a team that loses a coach yep. between December and January, right? The GM, the president, they're fed up, and then all of a sudden they have a turnaround, and look what happens. There's nothing, there's nothing worse than looking back at your sports franchise and realizing you had, a, you had a window of like four or five years where you had a really good team and you could have won championships, and either the owner couldn't get along with the coach or the GM couldn't get along with the coach or some kind of weird mix. And I, I don't know him personally. Just, it gets blown just, up, and then you don't win anything. I don't know him personally just in, other than, you know, when he came here for the Stanley Cup and then, when, you know, visiting with other teams, but... Trotz doesn't come across like a guy that's hard to get along with. It, maybe it's just an old-school mentality like Gerard Gallant, like those guys that, that have that old-school mentality. I don't know, but the success rate and, and what he's able to do and being somewhat of a – being respected by his players, is it, it is a little alarming to see that the GMs and the president's egos get in the way. I wonder where else we've seen that. Right. Uh, and now you got a team in the Capitals by the odds board, eighth choice to win – the Eastern Conference, they're 45-1 to 1 to win the Cup now. Wow. Right? With that group. And now Carlson's hurt, and you mentioned T.J. Oshie. Yeah, that's a big loss. It's turned into a freaking total mess. All right, back to football. We're going to get to uh, 
a lot of the good points around the National Football League. Big weekend for the Dolphins. They got by the Lions, but my God, the Tua to those receivers thing is working unbelievably well. Wednesdays, it's the Marcus Arroyo Radio Show at 6 p.m. right here on ESPN Las Vegas. The Cowboys got to fix their run fits. Teams can pound a little bit on them. They've got to fix those run fits. People have responsibility and gap protection, and I think that they'll go back to the drawing board and clean that up a little bit. But this team is this is a really good team, man. I know people like to hate on the Cowboys because it's America's team and the star, and Jerry's always saying something, but this is a really good football team. Hanging at Twin Peaks for Monday Night Football, it's Cofield and Company. I have a story that I'd like to tell about this guy you all know. A really good football team. Yes. Are you objective? No. Okay. Sorry about that, by the way. I was talking in your ear. Oh, it's okay. I I, I, I wanted to hear what Keyshawn said. It's usually really brilliant. Putting the headphones on, didn't realize it was, we were on the comeback. I thought it was a commercial still. You're busy looking around. Okay. I wasn't. I was telling you about what I was going to do if I dressed up with Kahlua. That's all. Yeah. I was going to put him in a hot dog bun. He's a wiener dog. And I was going to dress up as a ball of ketchup. Next year. Well, they do this event coming up in a, in a week at oh, in, okay. in, in North Las Vegas called Paws in the Park. You okay. bring the dogs out and everything. And they do costume contests, either one just with the dog or one with the owner. So I'm, you never know. Is there money at stake? There is. That's why I'm considering. Oh, really? Anyway, anyway, to scratch out a couple of bucks. Let's do it. I got to pick up some lost income. All right. Willie Ramirez getting aggressive uh, Halloween last, what, another two weeks? For you, it does. Please send photos if you do that. I'm going to have to hit a big lottery. T- I mean, this, you know what? If I were like to hit a lottery or something, this might be the only thing that I keep. Everything else can go on the way. Just, I would still do this. Oh, you would? Yeah. Okay. I think you're lying, I, but I think I, I think you'd have, you'd have a wake up call. You'd be like, yeah. No, because it's fun. Because it, 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 I will buy the it, show. It's now Ramirez and Company. <laughs> Cofield is fired. It reminds me of. I will it, do it for uh, five hundred grand a year, but I need my I just requirements like, you know met. Get is? him out of here. I like being like on the mic. Like it reminds me of the eighties and nineties. Willie Will days. DJ. Five hundred k a year. The station would never just dump me. Well, okay. That couldn't happen quick enough, right? I got to talk to. I'm gonna have to. Have, I'm gonna have to have a long talk with Natalie. I got Our some boss. things in the works. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. Big budget Willie. Big budget Jerry Jones. By the way, did you see what Jerry Jones dressed up as for Halloween? No. Blind referee. Will he be fined? No. No. Why should he? This is like the one. Well, the owners don't get fined for anything. You have to do something horrific. Well, don't they if the players do it, yeah, you're you're out six games, you're out four games, you're out two games. Owners part, do it, now you're good. For them. Right. You, you can't find your boss, essentially. Is that what you're saying? Gradell really can't go after guys. He can barely get. They, they really haven't made any headway at all, except for uh, kind of some phony suspension on Dan Snyder. We know he was around the whole time. He's not part of football operations. We've what handed down Snyder, a stiff penalty. What did Snyder dress up as? A regular person? A nice guy? Oh, look at the look on your face. You are so bitter towards Dan Snyder. I don't blame you. I, I don't know about being so are, bitter. I just, so are the Cowboys a really good team? That's what Keyshawn said. They're a, a really good team. Okay. Uh, are they a really good team? Cowboys? Yeah. With Dak, yeah. Are they the second best team in the NFC? Mm. Is that hard? I mean, right now, here's the thing. I think they're a good team. I don't think they're a really good team, but... 
but they may be the second best team in the NFC because you know that's what? how mediocre the NFC has been outside of the Eagles. I, you know what, Steve? Um, I'm going to say something that I'm a little shocked that I'm saying this, but um, Minnesota Vikings might have gotten some respect from me over the last couple weeks. And you know what? Don't all of a sudden count out the NFC West leading Seattle Seahawks. Really? What a weird deal. I'm glad you brought up the Vikings because I completely blanked on the Vikings. Mm. So are the Cowboys better than the Vikings? I don't know. i got to say. i got to wait. i got to wait. None of these teams scare me. They don't scare me like as a Cowboys fan, but if I if I sat back as an analyst or, or you know as a as when I write like sports betting previews and dig into some analytics and break down some certain percentages that I look at, like to look at, like you like looking at certain stuff, maybe for your fantasy, you know the grades and all that stuff. Sure. Like I don't know how you break down your fantasy because I don't do fantasy, but. Um, from from that standpoint, I think that there are things that you have to look at as to why Seattle is leading the NFC West. Is it because the Rams have fallen off, or is it because Seattle is playing really well? well? The, Ram, the Rams, is, 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 the is Rams the, have the, fallen off. Are the Viking? They have, but yes, I get that. But yeah. is that why Seattle is up there and doing that? They haven't fallen. Is Minnesota in first because Green Bay sucks, or is Minnesota in first because they've earned it? I think that they're up there because they've earned it. They're playing well. well. They smoked them early in the season. I expect them, well, it's at Packers, second to last game of the year. Sad thing is, Vikings may be so out in front of this division, the Vikings could probably pull back the reins a little bit, although they'll be playing for a, it's a second to last game of the season, so nothing will be set. Yeah. So they'll still have to play their guys. Um, but how, how crazy is that, that the Vikings have this big a lead? And here's the deal with the Packers. First of all, the, the body language every game just sucks, right? Yes. And they finally, Aaron Jones, they finally got the ball to him. They got to get, they don't, they have no weapons on the outside. If they, if the Packers, I, I know the Packers like to operate conservatively mm-hmm. and don't like to go outside the organization very often. If they don't freaking get a receiver from a team that is looking to the future, if they don't get a receiver by tomorrow, they're not serious about this season. Trying to make the playoffs this year. The difference between. Enough! The, not you. Diff- Enough with the Pack. Come on, make a move! The difference between the Packers and the Vikings to this point is the schedule of strength. In reality, if you look at it on paper, just record-wise, not looking at the teams going, well, we haven't seen yet, we don't know about the Giants and the Jets, but if you look at the makeup of the, of the Packers, look at who they played that have winning records, right? The, they, they lost to the Vikings, they beat the Bears, they beat the Bucks, they beat the Patriots, they lost to the Jets, they lost to the Giants, they lost to the Commanders, they lost to the Bills. A lot of winning teams. You look at the Vikings, they beat the Packers, they lost to the Eagles, but they beat the Lions, Saints, Bears, Dolphins, Cardinals. They beat the Packers, the Saints, and the Dolphins, all solid teams. I think the Saints are going to come back to win the division. We're going to find out more about the Vikings coming up, in my opinion. Well, they, got, they got Cardinals at Commanders and then at Bills. Bills. So we'll see if they can compete they with got the Bills. At, and then they're they, at the Commanders. And then they've, and then they've the got Bills. Cowboys and Patriots, Patriots. after that. Yep. And the Jets are winning. They lost this week, but they have a winning record. You're going to lose that under 7.5. That win total bet we made. Who? You and I bet. Jets over under 7.5 wins. I have over. That's a good point. Under. Yeah. I mean, you're going to lose with the under. You have the over. You're going yeah. to lose it because it's going under. Dude. Trust Seriously. me. If you watch yesterday, it what was, is it was your, a debacle. What is in your soda? Did she put something? Did she spike that? 
Come on, bro. Stop it. Stop. You sound silly. You sound silly. You, you know what you sound like? You sound like a Jets fan just trying to just relax. I'm was, not going to lose that bet. The only, it, it there's only crap. one bet I'm worried about. There's only one bet I am concerned with. It's, 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 it's a wash. Like, I'm already looking toward next season's bet when it, anything that concerns the Raiders because I've, I've, I've called it in. Like, I'm yeah. ready to trade something in what was our and bet? hedge. I have the Raiders plus two and a half wins against the Chiefs, Steve. That was a tough one. You want me to put it out there. I know. I've already won one bet. That's a done deal. So you, you already did. owe me food. You did. Um, where are we at with the other one? What's the standings? Where are we at? Oh, it's been horrific. We have the Jags oh, and the I'm Texans winning. head so to I'm head winning right now. Because the Jags can't win any close games. I'm winning. You are winning right now. Texans have one win. Jacks have two. I have plus two and a half. Yep. I'm, I'm going to lose the Raiders. That's a done deal. Done deal. And we have Jets over under seven and a half wins. I have the under. You have the over. Yeah. They're five and three. And you're, and you're really claiming. Wait, is it seven and a half? Is it really? Did yes. we, we added the, the hook, huh? Yep. We didn't have the. It was seven and a half. Yes. <laughs> Easy. Yeah. I got this. We're, we're, we're... So you made a point earlier about Alvin Kamara. Mm-hmm. It is kind of amazing that the NFL is letting this thing play out. Mm-hmm. I guess it's what we asked for, the, for this, the justice system to figure things out in these criminal cases. But it is pretty sick that Kamara and a bunch of his buddies are alleged to have beaten the hell out of a guy at the okay. Cromwell near the uh, near the airport near the. Now I'm completely blanking. Is in the Cromwell? Yeah, I thought there was video. There is video. So what's alleged? I mean, he's has he been convicted yet? Near the elevator. So it's still alleged. Yes. Okay. Well, the NFL hasn't done anything about it, and you would assume that one, based on what we saw in video, is going to be a 16 suspension. But he was out there yesterday for the Saints. Are we waiting on the NFL to make a decision on Deshaun Watson before they decide on Kamara, before they decide on Devontae Adams? Is that what we're waiting on? So they have. I think they're waiting for the system to take care of it to whatever end because that's what they did with uh, Frank Clark. Mm. It was in September. He pleaded no contest. It was gun charges. And then, you know, whatever, four weeks later, they said you're out two games. I mean, what Kamara and his buddies are alleged to have done, what we saw on video was pretty ridiculous. And yeah. they busted that guy up. I think yeah. it was a broken orbital, uh, orbital bone. But he's playing. It reminds me of how money and power can string things out. You know, there was a there was a notorious case from the uh, old, now defunct, Crazy Horse 2, where the guy got tossed out for allegedly squelching on a, on a, on a tab and, and a dance tab. And right. the bouncers took him out and busted up his neck and everything. And, yeah. Real bad. And then... You know, well, I'm not going to get into all that. But the bottom line is, is that that just got strung out. And I don't even think that with the with the civil settlement, I don't even remember if the guy ever got paid because a lot of people claim bankruptcy. So, so yeah, so Kamara's playing. We're probably not going to have an answer before the end of the season. And no. my guess is it'll all be settled in the off season. And there's a good chance he'll be out the first six games of next season. But you know what that did yesterday for the Raiders? Nothing, because Kamara went out and absolutely lit him up. Join Cofield and Company on Thursdays for the live 2 to 5 show at Silver 7's Hotel and Casino. During all NFL games this season, get 77 cent beers. It's Thursday Night Football at Silver 7's Flamingo in Paradise. Here comes the 2 0 pitch from Zach Wheeler. Brickman. It's one in the air to deep left center field. Back it goes. It is gone. 
Back to Cofield and Company, live at Twin Peaks. So let's do a little cleanup because we've been all over the place today. We were talking about the Cowboys. One, how good are they? Are they the second or third best team in the NFC? The other big question is, after Pollard goes crazy yesterday, shouldn't he just be the lead back? Or do you just keep going to Zeke and banging your head against the wall because you're paying him a lot of money? That's the question. I mean, do you look at it like it's a, a waste of money, or do you go with the guy who's got the hot hand or hot feet? Um, it's. I think you have to go with what's working. You know, if right. it, Pollard's worked the best, he has. So he He's gets currently fourteenth in the NFL with five hundred and six yards, and he has been the guy who. He's been the instrument from the rushing game that's creating and opening things up for Dallas on the whole. He's the one that's fitting in the scheme. He gets 18 touches a game. Zeke gets 13. And whoever produces the most gets the playing time in the second half of the season. Is it that hard? No. Right? Just because one guy makes more of the money doesn't doesn't mean that he gets you know 70% of the action. Let me ask you this. Are the eyes wide open? It's not going to happen, but... And you say bye to Zeke tomorrow, bye tomorrow. No. No one's going to trade for him at that salary. Too much money. I'd have to look at the rest of what he's owed. Yeah, yeah too much. That's why Josh Jacobs, if the Raiders are accepting calls on him, is extremely attractive because all you got him is for this year. Right? What's that going to cost you? Rokon Smith uh, cost a second and a fifth. But he's a guy, you know, in his prime. Although also at a position, linebacker's kind of like running back. People do not do not value the inside linebacker position. Let me ask you this. I'm not going to pay him a lot of money. Do you, if you're Josh Jacobs, do you pray and hope that you're not traded by tomorrow because re- the reality is you're playing for a contract. And if he continues to play that he's playing, if he gets the calls, if the play calls, this dude's staring at a lot more money Uh-oh. than he's making now. You just named the if. No. I mean, if you look around, Josh Jacobs, like I just rushed for 140 yards a game the last three games. I got 10 carries the next game. Yeah. What? Yeah, he went from 441 yards in three straight games where we saw their best offensive production, 441 collective over three games, to 10 carries. So when I said it's early in the show, I was talking about early in the season for the Knights. Also still kind of early for the Raiders. Just stick with me. Mm-hmm. Early in Josh McDaniel's tenure with the Raiders. Mm-hmm. But could you have imagined – that the two imports from New England, from the Boston area, would be this far apart in the impression they're making on the town between Bruce Cassidy and Josh McDaniels. That Not this the Knights would get out eight and two. Yeah, and the Raiders are two and five off of getting shut out for the first time since 2014, and it happened against a number 31 scoring defense in the NFL. It is. What it's, the hell? It's. It's troubling because of the fact that Josh McDaniel's introductory press conference said that he learned plenty of lessons both on and off the field, how he was very abrasive and aggressive in the locker room and changing the complexion of the Denver Bronx, taking down pictures of legends and putting up pictures of captains at that point in time, who the leaders were on that Bronco squad. Like he took down, you know, his, I mean, that, that's, a, that's a notorious story. So, you know, coming in and it's my job, my show, my team. Ah! Well, he said he learned his lesson. But he also disrupted an organization and they fell flat. So 
Now he comes in. It's great. Hey, if you came in with a, with a better attitude and a better mindset of how do you treat your players is one thing. But, dude, for somebody who is an offensive guru, maybe, Steve, I'm just saying, maybe, yes, it's still early in his tenure with the Raiders, but we do not have a small sample size of his head coaching tenure. We have a rather bigger one in terms of two seasons. First one with Denver, half of one with Denver, and now half of one with the Raiders. Maybe he is just not a good manager of a team on the whole, and he's better as a coordinator. I don't know, but a lot of the things that we're seeing, yeah, there have been drop balls. There, like As you pointed out, there's been lack of effort on the defensive side yesterday, but this team was still in it. But some of the play – why is – arguably the best wide receiver in the world taking a handoff. Come on. You didn't like the jet sweep? It works for Debo. Tyreek Hill's good at it. Devontae's not that type of guy. Tyreek Hill is a totally different. I mean, Tyreek Hill is a is the cheetah. And it's it's different. I mean, Adam stands out and and I mean and you know what? What was it last week? He ran that play to what's his name? Look at DJ Turner, right? This he did it worked the first time, then he, the next two times squashed. Enough with the tricks. Just run the damn ball with Jacobs, set up the play action, pass the ball downfield. Enough. It's it's not as if they weren't getting dominated and trounced. They were outplaying themselves. They were out. He was outthinking himself yesterday. The mistakes that were being made weren't were under the headset and on the field. Get back to fundamentals and methodically move the ball. I'm sorry, but I said it at the beginning of the season when the team was 0-3. Came in here on Mondays and said, and you knew what I was going to say. I'm putting it on the coaching staff. You come in and disrupt things. You shake things up. It's my system. This is, and all these guys are going to learn. We heard Derek Carr go to the podium many a times. Hey, I'm just doing what I'm told, I, but I do have faith. He has clarified and used that disclaimer plenty of times. Yesterday he put it on himself, and as did Josh McDaniels. But the fact is, when you see what you saw yesterday, it starts at the top period look at the offensive hires for new head coaches around the national football league right so kevin o'connell has the vikings out to a six and one start mike mcdaniel McDaniel with a guy that a lot of people have written off Mm -hmm. and we're kind of laughing at remember that training camp throw i think it was actually pre-training camp when Tua was thrown downfield to Tyreek Hill, and it came up a little bit short, and everyone's like, ah, sucks. Yesterday, Tua had 382 and three touchdowns. Tyreek had 12 catches for 188. Jalen Waddell had eight for 106. Hold on one second. Tyreek is on pace to go 146 catches, 2,037 yards. Waddell, the two, is on a pace to go 89 catches, 1544 with 10 touchdowns. Uh, Derek, one of our loyal listeners, just tweeted in. Seems simple, but it's like the Miami Dolphins staff said. What do I like to teach? What part of that does my quarterback like or slash do well? Let's do that. Mm-hmm. And, he, and he asked, are the Raiders doing that? I'm going to pull a Steve. 
You said, remember back when Tua underthrew. Remember back then when he did throw some passes and Tyreek said, he's the most accurate passer? Whatever that quote was. Oh, look. He's more accurate than Pat Mahomes. Look what's taking place with the Dolphins, tied with the Jets in the AFC East at 5-3, and three, one and a half back of the Buffalo Bills. Freaking slant game. <laughs> Yesterday, the two receivers combined for 20 catches. The Raiders got one catch to Devontae Adams. One. I, I, <laughs> I just, uh, I mean, listen. You can't go off totals, right, because two have missed some games with a concussion. But let's just go off. How about this? Let's go off averages. Yards gained per pass attempt. There's only one quarterback in the entire league that hits the nine-yard mark, 9.0. You know who leads the league? Tua. Average yards, or excuse me, adjusted yards gained per pass attempt, 9.6, leading the league. Tua. Per pro football reference for you pro football focus grade rating loving people. Guess who leads the league above Patrick Mahomes? 112.7. Tua. And who's in third, by the way, is Geno Smith above Josh Allen, who I gave a stamp of approval to also before the season. Now, I didn't think that Seattle was good. I did not think that they'd be leading the division. But I said Geno Smith would be just fine as their starter. I did not. No, you did not. It was, it was that was a hit or miss. You either were rolling the dice and say it, but I, I, if you remember, and I wasn't like bragging and going on and on. I just said, you said, what are you basing it on? I said, I remember when he came here. He was in for Russell. They played here, and I liked what I saw. And th- that little bit of time, I just felt that he brought a lot of experience. And this is his chance. He was going to make the most of it. But back to Tua, the dude's getting it done. But you, go back to your coaching hire rant. I like it. Well, I mean, it's a short sample. I mean, you're bringing, you're going back to the the end of the Denver regime, mm-hmm. I and mean, that's a little longer sample. But so far, mm-hmm. with the offensive hires, mm-hmm. some of the other guys have gotten their teams out to good starts, and their offense seems to be clicking. And the Raiders, you know, up until this week, were actually scoring points, but it still seemed like they were falling short in terms of offensive rhythm. I mean, Tyreek Hill has a chance if he goes 146 catches for 2037. Calvin Johnson's record season was 122 catches for 1964, and Cup last year had 145 catches for 1947. Tua could be at the helm of an offense, helping Tyreek Hill surpass those guys. Who would have picked that? Let's go. Let's let's go back to the regular season, right? It's Monday. We're at Twin Peaks before Week One. Let's just say, okay. And those the three guys: McDaniel's, McDaniel. And O'Connell. If we were to say, who with that offensive mind is better suited with the talent that they have overall? Tyreek and Devontae, two different types of receivers, but right up there in, in the, you'd say, elite receiving, right? Yep. Quarterbacks, eh, Kirk, Derek, Tua, which one? Running backs, eh, we don't know. Running back by committees. Let's keep five, six guys. We'll start. We don't know what's up with Josh Jacobs. But... Renfro, Waller. I don't know, man. You would have said Derek Carr. That was going to be the easiest cleanup job and that the other two coaches had a lot of work to do with Kirk Cousins and Tua, and instead their teams are out to great starts. And I don't know what is going on with the working relationship between Derek Carr 
and Josh McDaniels. But right now, according to PFF, Derek Carr's the number 25 quarterback in this league, and Tua is number three. Oof. That doesn't make any sense.